Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully our live stream is working this morning. We've been working on it the last few weeks. So we should be on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as YouTube and Facebook. Uh, should be three platforms that we should be on this morning. Uh, we're going to be continuing our series this morning on God is Revealed. We're going over the seven redemptive names of God. And so, uh, as, they re- as, they re- as they reveal God to us, as they reveal Christ to us. So, just uh, making sure we're dialing in this morning, trying to get a thumbs up for my wife as we're dialing in this new system, uh, making sure everything's working. And so, uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. This is Lighthouse Discipleship. That's our website, lighthousediscipleship.org, but our church is Lighthouse Discipleship Center. So, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we will have a Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, going over the true nature of God. And then I think we're in part two this week. And we, we've had some hiccups the last few weeks uh, because of uh, the live stream not working. So we're, uh, I think we're going to be in part two today. And then we have our Bible study on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock on the new year of the Holy Spirit. Last week was kind of a, a flop live stream wise. So I know Wednesday night we'll be repeating from last week. So anyway. Thank you for your patience and bearing with us as we kind of iron out these speed bumps that we're getting, uh, these hiccups uh, with the new live stream program. We're trying to make it better, not worse. Uh, And so at the same point in time, uh, there's sometimes, when there's transition, sometimes things get a little uh, unpredictable. So uh, anyway, so we good, Sherry? Okay, so we're good this morning. So uh, without further ado, I don't think I have a lot of announcements this morning, so... uh, uh, we have all of our schedule, our calendar, our, our Bible studies, our free Bible classes, everything we can do. We even have a worship playlist, uh, whatnot. It's all on our website, lighthouseexception.org. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, please, please always reach out to us. We can also give online. online. Thank you for those who tithe and, and give to this ministry. We appreciate that a lot. Uh, so we can do what we can do. Uh, we can do what we're doing. Uh, anyway. So without further ado, we're going to get uh, Bibles this morning. We're going to talk about God as we build. We're going to talk about the, the seven redemptive names of God. Specifically this morning, we're going to be talking about Jehovah Nisi. Uh, no, Jehovah Rapha. Excuse me. Nisi will be next week. Uh, Jehovah Rapha means the Lord is our healer. So and that's what we're going to be specifically talking about. Now, there are seven redemptive names of God that we see in the Old Testament. And uh, these names, and as we're going to be teaching it, reveal who God is. They reveal, God reveals who he is. He's not just his name, but his name, and these seven names reveal his character, his nature. And, uh, and, and uh, more specifically, though, they reveal Jesus to us. They reveal, they point to Jesus, they preach Jesus to us. They, they, they reveal who Jesus is. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It says that Jesus is an express image of, of God, an express image of Father. And so Jesus is being revealed in these seven redemptive names. Now I'm going to list these names briefly again, as I've done before, uh, but we're going to uh, be focusing on the second one this morning. Uh, the, the first name that we dealt with last week is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider. And it says in uh, Exodus, where, I mean, the book of Genesis, excuse me, where Abraham was going to offer up Isaac, that's where that name is revealed, where it says God will provide himself a sacrifice. 
Jesus is that sacrifice. Jesus is our, God is our provider. We dealt with finances. We dealt with provision too. But the ultimate provision God has given us is Jesus. That's the ultimate provision. Because if you have Jesus, you have everything. But if you, have, if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what kind of provisions you have if you don't have Jesus. Now, none of that is going to matter. But the, the God has provided himself a sacrifice. That all points to Jesus. And it also points to our provision. Because the word salvation in both the Hebrew and the Greek means wholeness. It means provision or prosperity. It means healing. Uh, it means, it means uh, uh, deliverance as well. Uh, anyway, the second name which we're going to be going over today is Jehovah Rapha. The Lord is our healer. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. The third name, what we'll be discussing starting next week, is Jehovah Nisi. Is the Lord is our banner, or the Lord is our victory. Another way of phrasing that. Uh, Jehovah Mekidish. And the Lord is the Lord who sanctifies. And the, the fifth name is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And then the, the sixth one, which I have a hard time pronouncing many times, so bear with me if I chop it up. Jehovah Tenisku, which is the Lord our righteousness. And then Jehovah Shema, I like saying that, Shema, the Lord is the Lord who is present. So we'll be dealing with most of those in the, in the weeks to come. So we're talking about the Lord is our healer, the Lord, the Jehovah Rapha is, is, is how it's pronounced in, in, the, in the Hebrew. Uh, you know, again, this word Jehovah, Lord, it means the Lord. Uh, it's, there's different forms of the word Lord used in the, in the Hebrew. Uh, one is Yahweh, one is Adonai. And Yad, the word, the word Yahoo, uh, Yahweh, excuse me, not Yahoo, we're not talking about uh, internet. Uh, Yahweh. Uh, is the word that's being used here. The Lord is our healer. Which is Yahweh, there's a lot of different definitions of this and, 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 and variations, but uh, how these two I like is this, he's a self-existing one. I uh, don't create him. He's a self-existing one. And then also, he's the one who reveals himself. Uh, and so that's another name which goes with these seven redemptive names. God is revealing who he is. He's he revealing his nature. Uh, he's revealing his, uh, his character. Again, we've been saying this throughout, and we'll keep repeating it. We are not trying to find God as if God is hiding. God is not hiding. Even when Adam sinned, God did not hide from Adam. Adam hid from God. God is actively pursuing us. And God is actively revealing himself to us. And he's revealing himself specifically in the seven redemptive names. Name and these are names he has revealed to his people, to us as people. So and it's, they're names that way he has proved himself to be. They're not just titles. Some people call it that. They're not just titles. They're who they. They're who he is. They're, they're what he has proven himself to be. So again, last week we talked about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord the Provider. This week we're going to be talking about the Lord uh, Jehovah Rapha, and the Lord is our healer, or the Lord who heals. He's our Lord. But our Lord heals us. Our Lord provides for us. That's, you know, he, yes, Jesus is Lord. God is our Lord. You know, we can make sickness our Lord, and we bow to our sickness. We can make we can make uh, lack or other things our Lord. We can make, uh, you know, we are we are not submitting to our problems. We are making our problems submit to our God. There's a difference, and so we are not going to be managed or controlled by the circumstances. 
We are going to let our circumstances be controlled by our Lord, our Master, our God. And, uh, and so that's one thing we're going to be painting the picture in all these seven names. But uh, uh, the Lord is our healer. I believe these names, and specifically even this one, God has given to us so we can know who He is, His character. We can know, I don't know, you know His character, but we can also know His heart. God is a God of compassion. That, when you see Jesus ministering to people, you see the compassion of God. Jesus says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. We see his love for the people. We also see in all these seven redemptive names, specifically this one, the Lord is our healer, that God meets every single need that we have. He does not fall short in meeting any of our needs. Again, all seven of these names <coughs> excuse me, point to Jesus. And Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our redeemer. And these seven redemptive names are, are, are names that are manifested in the life of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus manifested all seven of these names. Jesus went about healing all the people. You see this in, in, the, in the gospel letters, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You see Jesus healing the multitudes. Jesus' name... Even Jesus' name means salvation. And again, salvation in Hebrew, Yeshua, means it means it means a, a wholeness. It means healing. It means prosperity and provision. It means deliverance. And the word and the, the name of Jesus is in the Hebrew is the uh, the Lord is our salvation. That's what the the, uh, the name means. He is our salvation. Jesus, Yeshua, is our salvation. God is our salvation. <coughs> and we'll be doing with the name of Jesus after, after we finish these seven different names. Every name we'll com we confess. We, we confess that Jesus is the Lord. And he is, this Lord is a God who heals us. So if you have your Bibles this morning... Now that I got some of my introduction out of the way, let's go to Exodus chapter 13, 14. Exodus chapter 14. We'll pick it up in verse 13 this morning. Now, the scene that I'm reading, I'm not gonna, I don't have, I gotta take time to read, read the whole context. I usually like to give a little bit of context because sometimes when we take a scripture out of context, we, we lose its meaning. We lose what was trying to be conveyed or say, said. But the context here is, Israel is leaving Egypt. We just had the, the ten plagues. We just had, uh, they're, they're, they're fleeing Egypt after the last plague of the, the firstborn, after the first Passover was administered. We, so we have the big exodus out of Egypt. And then now they're at the Red Sea. Pharaoh is, is mad. He's lost his firstborn. He's now pursuing Israel as they're going towards the promised land. But Israel is, in the natural, seems to be trapped. They have the Red Sea in front of them. They have Pharaoh's army behind them. And there's mountains on all, all sides. And so, this is the scene. <coughs> and God has already instructed Moses, go forward. You know, sometimes God tells us to go forward when it's like, how am I going to go forward? <laughs> there's a Red Sea in front of me. How am I going to go forward? And, 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 uh, so God instructs Moses, and then, then we're going to pick up verse 13 here. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still 
and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. <coughs> for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. As we're getting into this, this, this name, Jehovah Rapha, we're going to be talking about healing this morning. You know, even, you know, you're going to see, if, if we continue to read, between Israel getting leaving Egypt and getting, even while they were in Egypt, but also while they get into the promised land, they're complaining a lot. <laughs> you know, as pastors, and this is just a little side note, this is not my major note, we, there's a lot of complaining going on. There's a lot of murmuring complaining. The disciples complained a lot. And Jesus, and Jesus himself would say, don't be of little faith. And he would, he, would, he would correct them. That's just a little side note. But he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. This army, this enemy that's pursuing you, you're not going to see anymore. You know, sickness is part of the curse. Where does sickness come from? At, there was no sickness on this planet when God created Adam and Eve. It didn't exist. God didn't create sickness. God did not create darkness. He created light. Light, darkness, is just the absence of light. Sickness is the absence of health. Sickness didn't come from God. Sickness is part of the curse. And we're going to be looking into some of that. Hopefully we get that far this, this morning. But sickness is part of the curse. And actually, if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 28, between verses 14 to 61, there's all kinds of curses about those about the law, and most of those are, most of those curses are sicknesses of various kinds. They're, they're very vicious diseases, but they're not from God. God, you'll never see Jesus in His ministry uh, pronouncing sickness on anybody. You'll never see Jesus laying hands on someone says, "Let me give you leprosy, let me give you blindness." You'll never see that. You know, there, there's a teaching. I'll get into this in a little bit too, where some people think that. God uses sickness to teach us lessons, to teach us patience. Well, you never see Jesus ministering that way. I'm not going to heal you because you need to learn something. You never see Jesus saying that. You never see Jesus ministering in that way. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus expressed the image of God. But some people have been pursued for some time with sicknesses of various kinds. Cancer, different diseases. Some of these diseases are very vicious. They're very, they're horrible. They're horrible, horrible, horrible. But I believe that because of Jesus, this disease, this sickness that you, you might be enduring or have endured or a loved one, you don't have to put up with it. And you don't have to see the sickness ever again. And I, I hope this will speak to, to, to you as we go forward. Uh, we're not done here in Exodus, but uh, I want to uh, toggle real quick to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41, verses 11 and 12, and it says, Behold, all those who were, incensed, who were incensed against you shall be ashamed in disgrace. They shall be as nothing. Those who strive with you shall perish, and you shall seek them and not find them. And those who contend with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. This is just a little side note, again, kind of piggybacking on this phrase that God said, this army, this, I'm paraphrasing, the Egyptians you won't see anymore. And sometimes the enemy, and how many you know we have an enemy who's out to kill, steal, and destroy? And he's not, 
He's not relentless. He, he won't give up. That's his, but we have a God who's given us life and life uh, 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 abundantly. But sometimes we, I believe that God, this sickness, what these diseases that we experience, pains and other things, sometimes, sometimes the sickness is not so much a physical issue, but more of a, an emotional and, and, and a, a depression is, a one, is an example of that. So things are going internally. Uh, you know, it says in Third John verse two, he says, "I pray that you be, uh, you, know, you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers." You know, as a pastor, as a minister, as a brother in Christ, as I've ministered to a lot of different people through the years, I found that almost every single disease comes from some form of fear, worry, and stress. If you peel back the onion far enough, almost every sickness comes from some type of worry and stress or anxiety of some nature. And at the same point in time, I've also seen some people get healed from cancer, get healed from different diseases. But if you don't deal with the, the, the worry and the fear, you don't deal with the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions. If you don't deal with the heart, and that doesn't get healed, a lot of times the sickness will come back. Or it will come back in another form of, of or another disease. Because the, the, the source of a lot of that, <coughs> yes, it's part of the curse of the fall, but at the same point in time, uh, the source of some of that is also worry, fear, and stress. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And a sound mind is not worried. A sound mind is not stressed. And if we don't have a sound mind, if we don't have peace, uh, the, the, the enemy can use that as, as a, a snare to bring uh, all kinds of stuff in our lives, including sicknesses of very kinds. But I believe God wants to... To, to and, and a lot of these sicknesses are harassing us, oppressing us, even depression, even even physical disease like cancer. And God wants to say, because of what I've done for you at the cross, you don't have to see this thing anymore. And, and, and I like the phrase, the, the, the phrase here in Isaiah says, it will be as a non-existing thing. This cancer, this disease, this pain, this agony, this depression that you've experienced will be as a non-existing thing. Let's go back to Exodus, but I want to fast forward the story to Exodus 15 so we can get to where this name Jehovah Rapha is revealed. Because it's in this context that God reveals himself as our healer. You might be asking me so far, why am I talking about all this all this in this context with sickness, because this is it's in this context that God reveals Himself as our healer. And it's in chapter fifteen, verse one, He says, "And then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord, and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider He has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation." He is my God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. I'm not going to read this whole song of Moses, but after God has split the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army drowned in the Red Sea, and I haven't gone through that whole story, but God, Moses begins to sing a song. And as Moses began to sing the song, he began to sing, I just love this phrase, I loved it all my life, the Lord is my strength and my song. Some of you need to sing a new song. You've been singing the, the same old song, the same old victim song, or whatever the song may be, the same old complaining song for too long. It's time to change the music. You know, I grew up with records. 
every once in a while that record would stick. We had a little problem with our, our internet this morning, and on the last song it began to stick a little bit, kind of like a record. You know, but sometimes the record would just keep playing that same phrase over and over again, and you have to adjust the needle. Some of you who are watching have no idea what I'm talking about, because you know, you're not used to records. But at the same point in time, you know, we need to change the music. He, had, he wants to put a new song in you. The song you've been singing over the last several months or, or years or maybe your whole total lifetime is I have cancer. I have this problem. I've been victimized and different things. And some of these things are horrible. I'm not trying to be uh, rude or trying to be uh, um, um, unthoughtful un or I can't even think of the word I really want to use this morning, but sympathetic or whatever. You know, I don't want to have a lack of empathy towards what you've gone through. Uh, especially those who have been violated or in some source. But I want to say the Lord is your strength and He is your song. It says in Zephaniah 3.17 you don't have to turn there, but He says the Lord, the Lord I got in the midst of thee He is mighty. It goes on to say that He, the Lord dances over you with singing. God is dancing over you with singing. He delights in you. I, I, I just love that. The Lord your God. <coughs> And we're talking about Jehovah. We're talking about the Lord your God is dancing over you and singing. He delighted in you. It goes on to say in other scriptures, it says in Isaiah 61, that he is near the brokenhearted. Or he wants to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And he's upon you to set the captives free. To heal the brokenhearted. Some of us, because of depression or sickness we've gone through, or the, or the circumstances we're going through, we've been brokenhearted for too long. And God wants to heal that broken heart. And some of that broken heartedness has to do with sickness. You know, sickness, especially the longevity of some sicknesses and diseases, can wear you down. It can, it can, it can, it, it, it finally, you begin to identify with it. And I'm trying to point a message this morning. Don't identify with your sickness. Identify with Jesus, your healer. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Paul said it this way in Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Again, what does this have to do with healing? We're going there. But again, I remember, remember I also said that many sicknesses come from uh, stress. It comes from worry and fear. Well, joy is the opposite of stress. One way to, to change your attitude from being complaining and being worried is start being thankful. And, and you can always find something. First of all, we, if you, haven't been, you are born again, you can be thankful that He is your Redeemer. He is your Savior. You're going to heaven. But as we begin, begin to see this God who is revealed to us, we're going to see that our God, there are many other benefits to our salvation and Beyond just the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sin, I'm not watering that down at all. Praise God for the forgiveness of sins. He is taking our sins as far as the east is from the west. Praise God for that. But there are other benefits to our salvation. It says in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul. It goes on to say, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your sins, who heals all of your diseases. It goes on to say that he satisfied your mouth with good things. I like that because I like to eat. <laughs> he satisfied your mouth with good things. But he also goes on, he will, be, uh, um, he, will, he will save your life from destruction. 
He will, um, I, I also like this other one, um, he, um, I can't try it, I lost it. It's not my time. Yeah, those who are focused, so focused on uh, their age, he renews our youth like the eagles, it says, in the same passage. Renewing your youth like the eagles is one of the benefits of your salvation, as well as uh, redeeming your life from destruction. Some of these diseases have destroyed your life. They've destroyed your finances. They've destroyed relations. You know, when you have a disease or a sickness, the whole family suffers. Other people have to take care of you. They do it because they love you, but it affects their lives. It affects them. Sometimes the whole family dynamic has to change to take care of you. Praise God that we love one another when we can take care of one another, but praise God He has provided healing where we can be free and live the life that God has ordained for us to live. Okay, let's skip down. I'm not going to read this whole psalm of Moses, but in Exodus 15, we're going to fast forward to verse 20. So I give a little bit of the, the context. And then we got verse 20. It says, And then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, <coughs> took the temporal in her hand, and all the women went out after her with temporals and with dances. And Miriam answered them, and sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the slider has been from the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now going three days without water is a long time. Okay. I understand that we're complaining and that we, we, we always complain about them complaining. <laughs> but most of us logically, most, most of us naturally, if we went three days without water, we would be uh, have a pretty rotten attitude ourselves. I'm not trying to justify it, but also at the same point in time, let's be real. You went three days without water, you're going to be a little grumpy. <laughs> okay? Uh, can, can, we, can we at least relate to that? So don't, 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 don't be pointing fingers at the Israelites. You would probably do the same thing. Okay? At, at the same point, they were complaining. Okay? Now, when they came to the Marah, verse 23, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. So now they're going three days without water, and they get finally find some water, and the water's bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And so he, Moses, cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And then he made a statue and an ordinance for them, and then he tested them, or he proved them, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases from you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And then they came to Elim, and, 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 and I'm not going to continue reading that, read the rest of the context. So this is the passage where God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. He says, I will, I'm reading the end of verse 26, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha. Okay, let's look at this context a little bit 
as we study this name Jehovah Rapha. And yet three days in the desert, that's a long time. Let me just speak to that just though. Some of you might be feeling like you're in the desert. Maybe not physically, in three days without natural water. But the storm, the trial, the sickness, the, the tragedy you're going through, it feels like a desert. You have, don't feel like you're being nourished. You feel like you've lost your way. And I want to, I just want to speak again to that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And God wants to provide the Lord. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord who heals. Maybe you're in a place because you, maybe you were part of the, the problem. You know, sometimes we make mistakes and we pay the consequences and we can find ourselves in a mess. But He is the Lord who heals. He is the Lord who forgives. He is the Lord who, 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 who sets you free. And he, he says in the book of Joel that he will restore the wasted years. It also says in Isaiah 61, the same scripture where the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. It goes on to say in verse 7, instead of shame, you shall have double honor. So maybe you're in a place because of shame. But God says, I'm going to give you double honor. He is the Lord who heals. And I, when we're talking about healing, we're not just talking about physical healing, even though that, that applies majorly. But there can be emotional healing. There can also be your whole life just needs a healing. You need to get back on the right path or whatnot. He is the Lord who heals you. Okay? Now, we're going to look at verse 26 some more here. But let's go back to verse 25. And so he, Moses, cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. I want to stop right there just for a second. A tree. The meanest points to Christ and the cross. Okay? Everything points to Christ. Jesus said it this way in John, You search the scriptures for they testify of me. The scriptures testify of me. Okay? Um, he, it speaks of Jesus. It speaks of eternal life. He says, Cast into the waters and hit the waters the, the, uh, and brought healing. It brought healing. And it, 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 a lot of we talk about these waters too, symbolically. But there's even a verse in, in verse uh, Revelation chapter 22, I believe it is, where it talks about the tree of life and its leaves were for the healing of the nations. God wants to heal you, but God wants to heal, work, do such a healing in your life that in you and through you, He can heal the nations. He can heal other people in your life. You know, it's hard for you to be a blessing to other people if you're sick. It's hard to be a blessing to people when you're down and you're downcast and, and, you're, and you're, you're, not, you're not walking in divine health and, and healing and wholeness. God wants to heal you, not just so your life gets on back on track, but God also wants to heal you so he can use you uh, uh, better than he's using you right now in whatever circumstance you might be. Not that God can't use you when you're sick or in a wheelchair or whatever the case, but God can use you more if you're not, if you're not uh, uh, bound to a wheelchair or, uh, or some disease. that making sense? God wants to set you free. God wants you to be free from this. But God wants to make what's bitter sweet. And how does he do that? He does that by the cross. He does that through Jesus. Because it says, and we're going to get here, by his stripes we were healed. The healing points to the cross. But real quickly here, he says, at the, uh, uh, let's continue to read verse 25. He says, when he cast it in the waters, the waters were made sweet, and there he made a statue and an audience for them, and there he proved them or tested them. I want to speak real briefly about this, these the two words, statue and audience, and how it relates to healing. If you study these two words out in the Hebrew, audience means prescribed. Now, a lot of times when you go to the doctor, you get a 
prescription. God has prescribed his name to us. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. How many know Jesus is, God is our great physician? And he has prescribed himself. He has prescribed his name. The Lord is your healer. His, the second word statue here is, a, it, it means, in the Hebrew it means decide in a case. God has forever decided the case that he is the Lord who heals you. God has forever made a statue and an ordinance that he is the God who heals you. God has forever established it, forever established an ordinance. God has made an ordinance. God has made a prescription, a statue, that he is the Lord who heals you. And how did he do that? He does that through the cross. In other words, there is no debate. God himself has established an ordinance. When, how many know when God establishes an ordinance, it's established? No man can debate with it. When God established an ordinance, and God has established an ordinance that he is the Lord who heals you. God has decided. And if God has decided, there's no debate about it. Some people, and why do I say that? Because some people debate that God still heals today. Well, God has made an ordinance that God is the Lord who heals you. Okay? Verse, and then verse 26, it goes on to say, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, get ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Again, this phrase, the Lord who heals you, is also known as Jehovah Rapha in the, in the Hebrew. This is where it's found. <clears throat> but this promise was also conditional. If you notice in verse 26, if you keep my commandments, it was conditional on their obedience. Now some of us, uh, New Testament believers, grace believers, are going to have a problem with that. Now you're talking about performance. I thought we were trusting what God did, not what we do. Well, Let's, uh, let's just toggle real quick to First John chapter three, verse twenty-three. We're going to come back to where we were. But First John chapter three, verse twenty-three. Let's get a New Testament perception of this, and let's back it up a little bit. Verse twenty-two. He says, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That sounds almost like what we just read about. Verse 23. And this is his commandment. I like it when he gives you, he gives you a pop quiz, but then he gives you the answer. And this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he's given commandment. There's, I don't have time to teach all this right now, but in both Paul, Jesus, uh, some other New Testament writers all point to all the commandments are wrapped up in two. Loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor as yourself. And John here is saying that this is a commandment that we believe on his name and that we, that we love one another as he has given commandments. We need to believe on Jesus. That is his commandment. Uh, that we, we believe on the name of Jesus. In other words, we don't get what we deserve. We get what Jesus deserves. Why? Because Jesus became our propitiation. 
Jesus became our substitute. We were crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. We don't get what we get what Jesus deserves if we believe on Jesus. We need to believe on Jesus because our faith in Jesus will not. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase this. Because of our faith in Jesus, God will not put any diseases upon us that He put on the Egyptians. God. Let me just rephrase this. God is not the Lord who puts sicknesses on you. God is not the Lord who puts sicknesses on you to teach you a lesson, to teach you patience, to teach you to trust Him. Who would, who would trust a God like that? Who would trust a God if, if you believe that God puts things on you to teach you a lesson? Then who would trust a God like that? And I, and I teach on, I go off on this just briefly because I am shocked at the percentage of people that I hear and come across who believe that God puts sicknesses and disease on them to try to teach them something. It's out there. There's a lot of people who believe that. It's a very high percentage of people who believe that God is putting diseases, sicknesses, pains, and circumstances on them to teach them a lesson, to teach them how to trust God. Where does this come from? Where does such a thought come from? And how do you pray to a God like that? How do you pray to a God for healing when you think that He's the one that gave it to you? How do you pray for, for deliverance if you, you believe that God is the one that gave you the circumstance? How do you pray to that? How do you even start? If you don't know His will, if you don't know His nature, if you don't know that He still heals, then how can you pray for it? If you don't believe God is the one who heals you, instead you believe He's the one who's afflicting you, or killing you, how can you even pray if you are sick? God is, a, God is revealing His nature to His people. That God is a God of compassion. I know my own father, my own natural father, would not put a disease on me to teach me a lesson. If he did, that would be called child abuse. There's places for people like that. And yet we sometimes accuse God of doing putting cancer on people. I've heard people say many times, He has lovely put cancer on me. <laughs> There's no love in putting cancer on somebody. That is not love. That's not even logical. That is not God. God is the Lord who heals. God is not the Lord who puts sicknesses on you. He's the Lord who heals. He's not the Lord who kills, afflicts, and stills. He is your provider. He is your healer. He does not, he's not your taker. He's not your killer. He is your healer. Now there's a verse that big people quote, and there's a, there's a beautiful song out there, but there's one phrase I don't like in that song, that, so we don't sing it. And it, say, it says, the, He gives and takes away. That's quoting Job. And Job is quoting that, not God. Job is saying that. That's not doctrine. The doctrine of God is that the enemy kills, still, and destroys, but God gives you life and life abundantly. If, it, if it's killing, stealing, and destroying, it's not God. It's the devil. Okay, that's good doctrine. That's not what Job was saying. You got to read the context of what Job was saying. Job is not, Job is saying that, but that's not doctrine. 
That does not support the rest of the scripture. We have to read, you have to read the context sometimes. Who's speaking and who are they speaking to? That, that's important. Because we can get some of weird doctrines, weird teachings that are not biblical. It's, it's, and, and we get in real trouble. God reveals himself as, as a God who is the Lord who heals. He reveals it in the Old Testament. He reveals it in the New Testament. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. It's a, he made it as a statue. He made it as an ordinance. He prescribed his name. And it's been forever decided. You know, you don't have to turn to it, but it says in Psalm 80, 89, verse 34, it says, My covenant I will not break. He won't alter. God has made a covenant. See, a lot of these names that God reveals are also His covenant. He is the Lord who heals you. God's not going to alter His name. He's not going to alter His covenant. He's not going to alter who He is. God has made a covenant with you. He also says that in, in Isaiah 55, verse 11, that uh, his word will not return to him void, but it shall prosper and for what is intended. God has sent his word. It says also in another scripture that God has sent his word and healed you from all your diseases. God's word, his name. There's healing in his name. There's healing in his word. And his word has been, <coughs> been sent to prosper in the place that he intended. God sent his word and said, I am the Lord who heals you. That is who he is. But turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is probably one of the most famous, one of the, the most, good, uh, I can't even get my words out right. It's probably one of the most popular verses that we use to describe healing. It describes our whole of salvation. But salvation includes healing. It includes other things too. But it includes healing. Isaiah 53 is probably one of the greatest redemption chapters pointing to Jesus in our own scripture. We'll find that, we'll find that Peter quotes from this. Jesus himself quotes from this. But it, 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 this scripture, this chapter is talking about Jesus' atonement for us. Which includes Jesus' atonement for our healing. But it says, we'll pick it up in verse 4. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Now, I want to, again, I want to look at some Hebrew real quickly in, from this passage, the scripture. Just some, a few words here. First of all, it says, uh, back to verse 4, Sure, he has borne our griefs. This word born means, it's, 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 in, the, in the Hebrew, it means to carry away. He carried away our griefs. He carried away our sorrows. He carried away our sicknesses and diseases. Now, I want to piggyback on this first word for a moment, just for a second. In the, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 16, we have the, uh, the, the law talks about the scapegoat. A scapegoat, just in simplest form, is that a scapegoat is where they would put their sins and their sicknesses on the, on the scapegoat, and then they would take the, the, the scapegoat into the wilderness and release it. 
They put all the burden, they put all the, 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 the transgression, iniquity, and which includes sickness, on the scapegoat, and then they release it. Jesus is our scapegoat. He who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteous of God in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 All of our sicknesses, all of our griefs, all Jesus bore our sorrows, which includes sicknesses. Because it's, it, it, it's, it's spelled out in this, in, this, in, this, in this chapter, in this section. Jesus bore our sicknesses, among other things, including our shames and our sorrows and other things. And he became our scapegoat for us. And if Jesus bore it, you don't have to. That's awesome. Jesus bore this, your griefs and your sorrows for you. He, 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 he bore it and he, he, he was released into the wilderness. And there's so much I can get from this. But it's just that uh, Jesus bore for you so you don't have to bear. And the second word, word here too, he bore our griefs. This word griefs is also translated in the, in the, in the Hebrew as sicknesses. We think it's just grieving. I'm uh, grieving over someone. You know, late, uh, uh, in recent, uh, this last year, my, my best friend passed away. So I, I have, I've, I'm still kind of going through a season of grief. It's gotten a lot better, but it's, it's been grieving. It's, it was grievous. But this word grieve in this context, not, I'm not saying that a sorrow like that can't be some form of sickness. But at the same point in time, um, especially if it festers and it, just, it, it doesn't get dealt with properly. But this grief in the Hebrew, it means sickness. So if you read, read, read this, we read this verse correctly. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. Surely he has borne uh, or carried our, our sicknesses. These, these sicknesses were just, again, if we can kind of combine these two thoughts in the same phrase, the scapegoat, Jesus borne our sicknesses and took them for us and carried them away. We don't have to bear them. We don't have to bear these sicknesses for us. And then it goes on to say, and carried our sorrows. Sorrows is also translated in Hebrew as pain, or it could be, and it specifically says in the in the, in the dictionary, uh, in, the, in the in the Hebrew dictionary, if pain, physical and uh, mental. Because I mean, no, pain can also be mental as well as be physical. You know, when I lost my best best friend, I was grieving. It was painful. It wasn't a physical pain, but it was an emotional pain. It was very painful. Uh, and there have been some other pains I've had emotionally as well. So, <clears throat> that means also tells me that healing can also be not just a physical healing, but an emotional, mental healing. <clears throat> and I have found that almost every physical illness stems from some type of mental sickness. I'm not talking about mental sickness necessarily, although it can apply. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about mental sickness being necessary. Someone who it doesn't have it all together there, even though that can be healed too. Okay, but uh, but how many know when we stress and we worry about things that can lead to almost every single type of disease or sickness of various kinds. But if, you know, this scripture in Isaiah that we're reading is a is one of many scriptures that are uh, prophesying about the Messiah. The Messiah is the Messiah. It's prophesied that our Messiah would atone for our sickness. Yes, he atoned for our sins, and that's very, that's very clear. But he, he atoned also for our, our sicknesses, too. And then some people miss that. They're, they're connected. They go hand in hand. They're, they're one and the same. 
Jesus carried our sicknesses away as our scapegoat. Jesus, in other words, because Jesus bore your sicknesses, you don't have to bear your you don't have to bear your sickness, whatever you're going through, mental or physical. You don't have to go there. You don't have to own it. Don't own it. Yes, you might be experiencing something, and I'm not trying to 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 belittle that. But you don't have to own it. You don't have to say this is mine. It's not something you have to carry the rest of your life. Jesus Himself carried this sickness, this cancer, whatever disease, this depression for you. Cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. Jesus has already carried it for you. Jesus has firmly established it as a statue, as an ordinance. He's prescribed his name Jehovah Rapha. He's carried it for you, and he prescribes his name. He is the Lord who's here you, who healed you. Your waters may have been bitter, but God says he wants to put the tree and the cross in those waters of your life, and he wants to make them sweet. He is the Lord who heals you. The cancer is bitter. The, the, the trauma, the emotional, the, the pain, the emotional trauma you're going through because of your past or something that's happened to you, it's been bitter. But God wants to make it sweet because he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Who did Jesus ever put sickness on? Again, I'm going back to the, 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 the thought that God puts it on. Did Jesus ever put sickness on anyone? Do we have one scripture that says that Jesus put leprosy or blindness or some other disease on someone else? He only put sickness on one person, that's himself. And he bore it for you and he crucified it at the cross. That is beautiful, that's powerful. God, Jesus, does not put sickness on anyone. Or including yourself. Jesus, God... God is manifested. Jesus puts God manifest in the flesh. Let me just put it that way. He showed God's nature. He showed God's redemption for you in his name. He took our sins and sicknesses upon himself. Just as he provided atonement for our sins, he provided atonement for our sicknesses as well. We, and we got to understand this. And that God atoning for our sins and God atoning for our sicknesses go hand in hand. Sickness is part of the curse. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sin. We'll look at this some more as we go forward. See, again, I'm just going to, I already quoted this this morning, but Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, for getting all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. You'll find throughout Scripture these two things go hand in hand. Jesus said to the one who was paralyzed, which is easier for God to forgive or for God to heal? They're both just as easy because Christ has accomplished both your healing and your forgiveness. Okay? Go with me real quickly to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 16 and 17 real quick. When evening had come, they, the disciples, 
brought to him Jesus, many who were demon-possessed, and that he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, By himself he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus healed everyone who came to him. But he also said that this is spoken to to, to prove fulfillment that, well, first of all, Jesus is the Messiah. But second, by quoting the same verse that we just read from in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus healed all who were sick. He did not tell anyone who to keep this so he could teach them a lesson or to learn patience or to learn to trust God. You know, I really never understood that one. God wants to have you to go through sickness so you can learn to trust God. How can you trust someone who, who afflicted you with such a horrible disease? <clears throat> who would trust a God like that? If Jesus didn't heal people, he would also would not be the Messiah. He would not have fulfilled the scripture. But the Messiah had to redeem people from sicknesses because Isaiah among others, prophesied it. Now go with me real quick to Galatians chapter 3. I also referred to here earlier too, but Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. There's a lot in here. I don't have time to, to, to pick it back on everything that's read here. But my main thing I'm trying to focus on, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? Now again, I'm not going to read it all, but if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 14 to 61, that's over 50 verses between 14 and 61. I'm just going to list some of the, the diseases as mentioned. These are part of the curse of the law. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That means Christ has redeemed us from these sicknesses. He said, so he caught, these are some of the ones that are listed in Deuteronomy. The plague, consumption, fever, inflammation, severe burning fever, boils, tumors, the scab, the itch from which you cannot be healed, madness, so that, that, that speaks of a mental thing, blindness, confusion of the heart, Strike you in the knees or in the legs. A lot of people have knee issues. Uh, severe boils which cannot be healed. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head. Hunger. Thirst. Extraordinary plagues. Great and prolonged plagues. Serious and prolonged plagues. All the diseases of Egypt. Trembling, trembling heart. Failing eyes. I talked about uh, dim eyes. Anguish of soul. No assurance of life. That speaks of depression and different things of that nature. And then he, in verse 61, he makes this statement. Also, every sickness and plague which is not written in the book of the law. That, that, we just need verse 61, really. All sicknesses, all diseases are part of the curse of the law. It says in Deuteronomy 28. I haven't read all 61 verses. But it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from these sicknesses. 
I'm just trying to use several scriptures to bring out that God has made an ordinance. God has made a statute. God has decided he's prescribed his name. He's Jehovah Rapha. He has put his tree, his cross, in the bitter waters that you are, are tasting. He says, by his stripes, he, you are healed. It's in the tummy. He's become your scapegoat for you. He's carried it for you. And all the curses are written. And even the curses that he didn't write yet, including COVID, okay, among other things, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. I wrote me. You know, healing is part of the atonement. It's healing is part of the gospel that we preach. This Christ that we preach, this gospel, this good news that we preach. We can't dissect the gospel, what Jesus paid for us, and what Jesus bore for us. We can't dissect that out of the equation. He bore our sicknesses. He bore it for us. Go with me real quick to 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 24. It says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. Peter puts a different uh, word in there. He says, by Isaiah says, By whose stripes you are healed. Present tense. And Peter, Peter, of course, by whose stripes you were healed, past tense. What do you mean, you were healed? Well, Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. So in Christ 2,000 years ago, you were already healed. The provision is already there. You know, we talked about in many different lessons how the seed. Everything an apple tree needs is in the apple seed. The tree, the blossoms, the leaves, everything, and more apples and more seeds are in that apple tree. It just needs to be planted and watered and nurtured, and it will grow. And, and once it comes to fruition, becomes a mature tree, it will have, it will produce everything that, but everything, everything it needs is in that seed. The Bible, Peter also says in, in, in chapter 1, uh, in his first book, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, that we are born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God. In the sea, Christ is everything we need, including healing. By his stripes, you were healed. Healing, and that's why Andrew Womack has a teaching, which we teach in this church, is that you already got it. You already have what you need. You already have healing. You already have provision. You already have it. It's already in the seed. It's already in Christ. If you have Christ, you have the healer. If you have Christ, you have your provider. He is the Lord who heals. The last name that we're going to be going over is Lord Shema. Is that the Lord is always present. Your healer is always present. You're not asking God to bring healing down. He's already provided at the cross 2,000 years ago. You just need to receive it. One of the last songs we sang this morning was, Healing is here. Receive it. Healing is here. Believe it. The word healing is the same word. It is the same word for salvation. It's the exact same word. In the Greek, it's sozo, or the long salvation, soteria. 
sozo, save, and soteria, salvation. In the, in, the, in the Hebrew, it's Yeshua. The Lord is your salvation. It speaks of Jesus. And, and, and by definition, in both the Greek and the Hebrew, the original languages, it, it, it's wholeness, it's healing, it's prosperity, provision, it's deliverance. Some of you need deliverance from cancer. Some of you need deliverance from just a, 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 a victim mentality of what has tragically happened to you, or whatever the case may be. I don't care how long it's been going on. I don't care how horrible it was. And I'm sorry it's happened. But Jesus, the Lord, is your healer. And I'm not. And as horrible as what you've gone through is bad, I'm not going to magnify your pain and your sickness. I'm going to magnify Jesus. You know, when you magnify something with a magnifying glass, everything else comes out of focus. But whatever you're magnified becomes magnified. It's actually not any bigger, but your, your focus through the right lens magnifies it. That makes sense. But, but, but I'm going to magnify Jesus, not your pain and your sickness, because Jesus crucified your pain and your sickness. He was your scapegoat, and he's, he's prescribed to you as a statue, as an audience, his name, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. That's powerful. By his stripes you were healed. It says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Running out of time. But I go with me to Matthew 16. He said, and he, Jesus, said to them, But who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, and He said, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you, That you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's just another scripture I've used many, but God has made it. Ordinance. He's made a statue. It's a rock that he is a Lord who heals you. He is He is your Lord. He's the Son Christ, the Son of the Living God. Um, let's, let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's go to James chapter five. Verses fourteen to sixteen. It says, is anyone, um, yeah. is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in, the in what? In the name of the Lord. We're talking about the names of God. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. See how those are also, there's forgiveness here, there's, there's healing here. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, perfect prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's a lot here. I'm not going to take you back on it. But, you know, you know we, uh, I don't think this is what the scripture I wanted, but this, I wanted to go to the scripture, but not necessarily here. But 
There's a scripture, I think it's in James, and also one in Hebrews that we're going to go to in a minute, but it says, we need to hold fast to our profession of faith. We need to hold fast to what God has provided for us. I'm going to come back to this passage of James that I just read. Sorry for uh, confusing you there. But we need to hold fast. There's some things that we need to hold fast to. And one of the things that we need to hold fast to is our confession of faith. It says in Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, and there's only one chapter of Philemon, but verse 6 says that the, the, uh, the communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. How many of you want your faith to be effective, to be effectual? And it says that they're effectual by, as you acknowledge every good thing that is already in you in Christ Jesus. If you are born again, there's over 300 scriptures in the New Testament talking about who you are in Christ. And when you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus, but Philemon, Paul says to Philemon that your faith becomes effective. The key is acknowledging every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. It's not everything that's in, in you without Christ. It's everything that's in you in Christ Jesus. Because if you are born again, you are not yourself anymore. You are in Christ Jesus. We're born again. We're born of God. We're in Christ. And in Christ Jesus, among other things, what we're talking about this morning, we're talking about healing. And in you, in Christ Jesus, is healing. And when you acknowledge this healing that's in Christ Jesus, and you hold fast to it, you hold fast to your confession of faith, you're going to see your healing. We, on Andrew Womack's website, he have all kinds of video, documentary uh, testimonies of people who receive healing. And most of those people, they've seen healing from all kinds of vicious diseases. And all of them got the, the hold of the scripture. They got a hold of the word of God about healing. And they held fast. They, they quoted. They stood it. They stood on God's word. I'm healed. I'm healed. I myself... I have not had a cold or flu since 2009. When I got a hold of this revelation, I, I, I started believing. And yeah, there's been times where maybe a scratchy throat starts to come on, or I feel my immune system a little weak. And, and I, when that, that happens, just, uh, just when I just feel a little weaker than normal, I feel like something might be coming used to growing up, I just, I just well, I'm, I'm getting the cold. It's flu season. I don't, now, now I don't believe in flu season. You're not going to see that in the Word of God. There's no flea season. There's no flu, flu season. Man made that up. <laughs> and I'm not going to get on to all of that. But I, I'm going to stand in the Word of God. I'm not going to magnify God. And anytime, anytime something comes on to me, I, just, I am not going to get sick. I am not going to get sick. I'm standing in the Word of God. By His stripes, I'm healed. I, by His stripes, I was healed. I, 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 one of my benefits, He heals me from every sickness and disease. That's why with COVID, I don't believe I'm going to get it. I want to be respectful with the rules as I apply in certain situations. But... Uh, uh, but at the same point in time, I have no fear I'm going to get. And even if I do, by his strike, I was healed. That makes sense? So it, 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 it's my antidote, if you will. I can get healed, I can stay healed, and even if I do, I can get healed. And I, I refuse to get sickness. I don't believe in sickness, I believe in Jesus. <laughs> that makes sense? And this is not a put down to anyone who's sick or struggling and doesn't have this revelation. I'm just showing my testimony. And my testimony, my witness, is that by His stripes I'm healed and I don't get sick. 
Sometimes you hear me hacking because I have a dry throat from, from preaching so much. But even then I don't need to put up with it. I just do. To my own folly. But at the same point in time, by his stripes I'm healed. I stand on that. And I hold fast to that. I hold fast to the profession of faith. And I acknowledge every good thing that's in me in Christ Jesus. And I don't get sick. And so we say, well, it doesn't work that way. I go, well, don't wake me up. It's been working for me since 2009. And we're in, what, 2020? It's been working for me almost 11 years. So you don't tell, you tell me that it doesn't work. Well, don't wake me up. How's it working for you? You know, and I'm not trying to put you down. I'm, not, I'm just making a point. It works. Now, there's another verse, and I don't, I'm running out of time, so some of these I'm just going to quote to you or I'll paraphrase to you. But it says in Ephesians, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, hold fast to our confession. It's almost the same thing that I just read or quoted from you. And it's in that passage that he says, the same, same passage, he says, hold to your confession. Come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy and help in your time of need. When we hold to our confession, we can come boldly to our Father's lap. We can come boldly to the throne of grace, our Lord, and say, I receive my healing. I need your deliverance. I need your provision. I need help in this situation. We can come boldly because He is the Lord, our provider. He is the Lord, our healer. He's our Lord. But He said, we, as our Lord, as our King, He said we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And receive mercy and help in our time of need. I'm not coming arrogantly. I'm coming in response to his word. And I'm holding fast to his confession. We need to confess the word of God. We need to confess the promises of God. We need to confess. I will not forget his benefits. I will. He has healed me from all my diseases. He has saved me from all my sins. With long life I will be satisfied. And he, and he will show me his salvation. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent His word and He healed them. And He delivered them from their destructions. God sends His word. The word is not the ink. The word is a person. His name is Jesus. And He has sent His Jesus. And He has healed you from all of your diseases and destructions. It goes on in Jeremiah verse 30, chapter 30 verse 17. He says, I will restore health to you and I will heal your wounds. Some of you just need to you know, and sometimes when you've been healed, sometimes you need that, that health and that, 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 that strength to be restored. God is your restorer. He restores strength to you. You know, it talks about in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, and he shall quicken your mortal bodies. The same spirit. The spirit of the Lord is upon us. But that same spirit has, has now raised Christ from the dead says, dwells in you and bodily, and he shall quicken your mortal bodies. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 says, And to none that fear my name, the Son of Righteousness has risen with healing in his wings. There's a lot I can elaborate on that. Uh, I can connect that with a dream I had a few years ago, uh, probably about 2007, 2008. Um, but it just, you know, I gave me a dream about that verse, and I didn't even know that verse existed. I didn't know about Malachi 4.2. And then I was looking up, and I had a dream about the son of righteousness shall have killing in his wings. And I finally looked it up, and, uh, and there it was. And there's a whole story behind that. I know, I know I'm, I'm not doing justice to that story now. But, you know, it's just uh, our son of righteousness. 
our Jesus, our Lord of righteousness, which we're going to be talking about. The Lord is our righteousness. The Lord is our healer. He has healing in his wings. Psalm 118, verse 17 says, I will, I will not die but live, and I will declare the works of the Lord. We need to hold fast to our confession. We can come boldly to his throne of grace. Now, lastly, I do want to comment just more quickly on this verse that I just read from James. If anyone among you is sick, let him come and, and call upon the elders of the church. You know, we can't... That's scripture. It's a New Testament thing. The Bible says in, in Mark chapter 16, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. When Jesus sent out the 12, he sent, and he sent out the 70, he told them, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. God has called us to go and heal the sick and set the captives free. We can lay hands on the sick. We can call upon the elders of the church. And he says the prayer of faith will heal you. When we pray in faith, when we stand and hold fast to him, we can heal. It sounds like when Jesus said, you go heal the sick. He told the disciples, the twelve, and he told the seven, you go heal the sick. You go raise the dead. And some of us are thinking, I can't go heal anybody. Well, do you, you have Jesus, don't you? And Jesus, and you can go be like Peter, uh, Peter and John, silver and gold I have not, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. We have Jesus. We've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer we who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In the life we live, we live by the faith of God who loves us and gave himself for us. Galatians 2.20. That's how we live. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. Is in Him. And Christ is in us. We don't have the power in ourselves, but we're not ourselves. We're born again. We have Christ. And as long as we are acknowledging every good thing that's in us in Christ, we're not acknowledging every good thing that's in us. We're acknowledging everything good thing that's in us in Christ. There's a difference. I'm acknowledging Christ in me. I'm not putting the focus on Dave. I'm putting on the focus on Jesus who's in me. Because Jesus is in me, and I have that awareness, I have that understanding, I can go and lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Why? The Word of God says it. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord who heals. And He has commissioned me. He's commissioned us. He's ordained it. He's decreed it. He's prescribed it. Our great physician has prescribed His name, Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. He can make your bitter waters sweet. You know, someone who has cancer, someone who has some of these vicious diseases, their waters are bitter. And I'm not putting them down. I'm just trying to emphasize. It's just a bitter, bitter thing that they're going through. But he's Jehovah Rapha. And he wants to bring sweetness to your life. And lastly, I just want to close with this. Again, I don't have time to turn to it, but it talks about Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20. The 22. And that's about how we keep his word in our hearts. What I like to those who find them and their health to our flesh. You know, there's a. Let me just close with this thought. Praise God, he's a God that heals. He's a God of miracles. He's a God that heals. He's provided uh, healing to the cross. He is a miracle working God. But sometimes if we have to go from healing to healing, our miracle to miracle, and we can, and it's provided for us as a promise, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if we're going from healing to healing, a miracle to miracle, a lot of times we're going from trial to trial to receive healing, to receive a miracle. 
What's better is walking into divine health, where we don't need a healing, where we don't need a miracle. We just, and I'm not saying we can't have it, it's part of the atonement, it's part, it's part of our benefits. But what's even better is walking in a place where we don't even get sick. And it can be there. And hopefully I'm making sense. I mean, uh, I want to see the miracle working power of God, but I also just, I'd rather just not be sick at all. And like I said in my own testimony, I'm not perfect, but, but I haven't got something to, in 11 years. I mean, I'm, I'm perfect where I can't always control something coming in, but I can say it's not, it's not going to stay. I can't control who's going to call me on my phone. I can't control who, what they're going to mail me in my mailbox. I can't control everything that comes in my email box. I can't show, control everyone who comes to the door. But I can control what I'm going to delete and what I'm going to say and what I'm going to read and what I'm going to own. That makes sense? I can't, I can't control a bird flying over my head, but I can control making a nest in my head. I can't control everything, but there's some things I can control. I don't have to own it. I don't have to be entertained by it. You know, I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to, uh, what, what not? You know, I can't control a temptation coming to me, but I can control getting into that temptation. I can't always control something coming to me, like COVID or a flu or cold, but I'm not going to let it stay. I'm not going to let it go to fruition. I don't have to let it ride it out. I'm, you know, uh, there's so many different aspects I could talk about. But, and I'm not against doctors. I'm not against medicine. And, uh, but at the same point in time, uh, I believe there's a better way. And the better way is to receive healing. And the better way than that is not to get hit, sick in the first place. That's not a put down to anyone who's sick. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm condoning sick. I'm not condoning being sick. I, I think I said that wrong. I'm not putting anyone down because they're sick. But I am rebuking the sickness itself. But I don't have to be there. I don't. I don't have to be sick. I don't have to. To uh, now, I believe there are different doctors. I need to eat well. I need to exercise. I need to take care of my body. If I don't, I believe God is still my redeemer, my healer. At the same point in time, I, I believe I need to be responsible. So I, you know, there's so many different rabbit trails I can go with some of this. But what I'm also speaking is, you know, uh, it says here in Proverbs that. Keep his word in your heart, for they are life to those who find him. One of the best things we can do is have a relationship with God. And, you know, we eat every day. Some of us take vitamins every day. We exercise every day. Well, we need to have a daily relationship with the word of God. A daily relationship with God himself. We need to have a daily, daily. He says he's the bread of life. It says he's our daily bread. We need it daily throughout the day. Because it's health to your flesh. I need to be reminded every day he's my healer. Because there's times I'm in the moment and I'm working and different things and I just, in the, mind, in the moment, it's not that I'm revolting against God, but in the moment I'm just not thinking about healing. I'm thinking about whatever I'm working on or, or whatever chore I'm doing, whatever the case may be. But sometimes I just need to remind, oh, and then I realize, you know what, I'm a little more tired than usual. I just feel a little weak. I, that, you know, that, that, that dry throat, that, that, that's not good. And I just stand on the Word of God. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit, He's our helper, He's our guide. He brings things to our remembrance. And He's like, you don't have to pull it up with that. Yeah, sometimes I might drink some orange juice or something to give me a little little spurt, but I'm not trusting the orange juice. I'm trusting God, but I'm also 
I'm also just doing some natural things. But even beyond that, maybe I don't have orange juice in the fridge to go drink. Or maybe I don't have... I can trust God wherever I'm at. Maybe I'm at a Red Sea with a Pharaoh's army behind me and the mountains on my side. I can go forward and God can split the Red Sea if he needs to. A relationship with God, spending time with him because he's the source. He's the source of my healing. He's the source of my wholeness. And he's the source where faith comes from. We're talking about walking in faith. We're talking about holding fast to the faith. Well, where does faith come from? Being in the Word of God. Have a relationship with him. You're going to have a hard time walking in faith if you don't have a regular daily relationship with him. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about being having a relationship. Being real. Hang out with him. Talk with him. Spend time with him. We, we're married. My wife and I... I'm, I'm not talking to you on the video. I'm talking, my wife and I were married. But we need to remind ourselves of that every day. Not that we're married, but not so much. But uh, we have, we ring, we have some other reminders. But at the same point, we just, we need to reaffirm one another. We all need that. You know? Because so many times when Jesus heals somebody, he said it was according to your faith. Well, where does faith come from? Hearing the word of God. So we need to talk. We need to spend time with God. We need to spend time in His Word. We need to be watered and healed by His Word. And sometimes we just need to, you know, just like sometimes we just need, uh, need some orange juice or we need some vitamins or whatever to, to, uh, to, to in one sense, cure and give us the, the momentum that we need to go about our day. Well, the Word of God, you know, we can do all the physical things, but, but I'm not putting my trust in those things. I'm putting my trust in God. There's a difference. That makes sense? I might be doing those things in, in response to that. But I'm not trusting the Bible. I'm, I'm not trusting it. I'm trusting God. And that doesn't mean I don't, you know, uh, do some certain things. But I, I, I do it in obedience to God. And I do it to, and, and I'm trusting Him. I give thanks before. We give thanks for our food. We give thanks for our meal. We give thanks for the things we have. And we even give thanks for the things that we don't see, have yet when we are believing for. Lord, I thank you that you are the God who meets my needs. I thank you that my God shall supply my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that, that I have everything I need for life and godliness and the knowledge of you. I just give thanks. You know, when Jesus wanted to feed the multitudes, he, he took the boys' lunch, the loaves and the fish, and he gave thanks. And he distributed it to the people. He just gave thanks for it. And so anyway, a lot of shared in that this morning. Hopefully it was fruitful. We're going to be talking next week about Jehovah Nisi. Uh, the Lord is your banner. The Lord is your victory. And so uh, and, uh, so I don't know if we'll take one whole hour to talk about each one. But some of them, uh, like this one, is a big one. Uh, some, and, and, and I haven't covered every scripture on it. But I... Uh, um, Lord, we just worship you. We acknowledge you. We thank you that you, by your stripes, we were healed. Lord, and any of us are still struggling with the doctor, with the teaching on healing, I pray that you make it clear. And anyone who might be listening to this broadcast, or this message today, or even in the recording in days to come, Lord, I just speak over every sickness, over every illness, every disease, mental, emotional, physical, and I just speak the life of Jesus. Lord, your word says that we can proclaim your peace, 
and we can proclaim your salvation, and we can declare our God reigns. And I declare you reign over every sickness, over every illness, over every physical and emotional and mental. Uh, I proclaim your peace, and I proclaim your salvation, and I declare that God reigns. Hallelujah, Lord. We just thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, go in peace. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 6. Uh, we'll be talking about the true nature of God. And uh, we'll see you on Wednesday as well at 7 o'clock. And we'll talk about the new year and the Holy Spirit. All right. God bless you. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.